Praise God. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will. Someone shared a word with me. I want to hold that to the end. As the Lord has instructed me, that's the, <laughs> that's the altar call. So I want you to take uh, your Bibles and go with me to Isaiah. Isaiah, the, the 42nd chapter, Isaiah 42. We're going to begin. Yeah, can I have my, just a quick announcement so I don't forget. This is for you unruly people. Next week, we're going to start something new. It's not going to be balloon animals. It's not going to be such. Kids Life will begin next Sunday morning at 9.30. And myself and the team that we have assembled is going to gather over in room 304 at 9.30. And if you want to know what this is about, you've got to bring your children, okay? God bless. Can you catch me? Woo. All right, let's look here. Isaiah 42, Isaiah 42, and let's begin reading in verse 1. The Lord has already affirmed this, this word this morning. A friend of mine texts me almost verbatim <laughs> this, and then uh, it was affirmed in the, in also in, the, mess, in the, the message of the songs that we're saying today. And so I, my prayer is that it will touch you and you'll receive it in the heart in which is intended and given today. Father, once more, we surrender our hearts, our lives, this service into your hands. Lord, let us see through your eyes. Lord, let us feel with your heart. Let us reach, O oh God, with your strength. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastland shall wait for his law. Thus says the Lord, the, thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and the earth, stretched them out, who spread forth the earth that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk on it. Verse 6, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you a, as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Now, as I was reading this passage here, Something stood out to me. Maybe it has you as well. As I look at that passage of Scripture, there's one word that just is repeated in here. Justice, justice, justice. Now, I, I know that there is a, that brings up some thoughts in some people's minds today. You think about social justice. But I want to talk to you about biblical justice. I want to explain to you in, in, in 
open up to you the biblical definition of justice. Now, I'm not saying that there's not just causes out there, but in order to understand justice, you've got to also understand righteousness because the two are, go hand in hand. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth without injustice. Righteousness. Righteous and upright is he. Just a moment, we're going to talk about what justice means. But see, we got to get our theology based in the word of God. Our theology cannot be based upon our ideology. See, too often with the indoctrination of the world's culture today, Americanism included, we draw our conclusions about God according to our culture, not according to the word of the Lord. So we bring in this ideology into our theology, and if it doesn't align with our ideology, then we discredit it as being God. But I say to you today, God has a better plan. Amen. See, because if you want to think about justice, anybody in here get stirred up about injustice? When, when things are just not just and you, you almost feel that you're at fault because you feel this way, this injustice that takes place. You can trace it all the way back to the garden where God created man in his own image. God created humanity to be image bearers. To bear his image that's righteousness. We are as we ought to be. And justice is the belief that we are all equal at the cross. Equality. That God sees each one of us the same. That the message of the gospel will, will function in a third world country as well as an industrialized country or anywhere on the planet. The gospel message is absolutely the same. God sees us all the same. Peter said, look, I perceive in Acts 10, when the Spirit was not only poured out upon, uh, in, in Acts 2, it was poured out upon, he was poured out upon the Israelites. But in Acts 10, the Spirit was poured out upon the Gentiles. And Peter makes this statement. He said, I perceive that God is no respecter of person. He sees everyone the same. And that's where you say amen. There's no big eyes and little U's. We're all, we're all equal at the cross. And I'm not taking away, I'm not arguing for or against social justice. But I will say to you today, any so-called cause that takes you away from the image of God and redefines you as something other than what God intended you to be will not lead you into freedom. It will lead you into deeper bondage. Is that all right? Justice. Justice. See, because social justice, many times they have 
victims and oppressors and it pits people against each other and many times leaves individuals in more harm than it was to create any kind of liberty. See, I, I don't care even for myself to define myself. I want the, the word of God and the Lord to define me. I want the Lord Jesus to declare who I am and what I'm supposed to be and the Father's heart to flow through me in order to bring justice into the world. But we've got to understand what that justice is and we've got to understand what righteousness is. But see, here's the other aspect about righteousness that, that, that partners with justice. See, justice is, a, is, is believing that everyone's created equal and that, and that we should all be treated fairly and with dignity. Where does that come from? That comes from the heart of the Father. But we also see how that righteousness is not only understanding who I am in God. I am as I ought to be. I'm godly approved. I'm godly accepted. I'm an image bearer of the Lord. I am so because of what Christ has done, not because of what I have done. My righteousness does not come from any measure of my own work or, or self-effort. It comes entirely by the completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now righteousness is what I, it is my faith in Christ is how I receive righteousness. It's been declared over me. It has been received. When I've received Christ, there was an exchange that took place. I surrendered all to the Lord, and the Lord surrendered all to me. All that I was, I gave to him, and all that he is, he has given to me. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But righteousness, in a biblical point of view, has even a deeper meaning than how I view myself. As an image bearer of God, righteousness sees others as the image bearers of God. I thought I'd get more response than that. Good, thank you, thank you. Wait, you're telling me that that low good, low down scoundrel that hurt me so horrifically for so long that they are called and meant to be an image bearer of God. That's exactly what I'm telling you. That God does not see us as we are. He sees us as we should be in Christ. Makes you wonder when they're in the boat when Jesus turns to them and says, how is it that you have no faith? I've been with you so long and you still don't have faith. What was he saying? He, he wasn't just correcting their, their thoughts. He was saying to them, look, I see you better than you see yourself. I have faith in myself in you. I believe that you can make it through the story. I believe in you. I believe in the church. See, righteousness is knowing who I am in God and looking at others through that lens of image bearers. And if there's a, we'll just move on from there. <laughs> from the beginning, all humans were created equal before God. Now, as we look at this and we see ourselves as imagers, 
we see this word, the justice there. He said, I, I will put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. In other words, it's not just isolated to Israel. I, the Lord wants to bring justice throughout the entirety of the world, through every generation in every nation. I, I say to you today that God does not like injustice. In fact, there's no injustice in him. He is a just God. And I know some of you are grappling with this right now because the only, the only thoughts that you had towards justice is what's been fed to you throughout social media and all of the surrounding. And so it takes just a moment to look at this and see what it is the Lord's trying to tell us. See, the word justice there, is, the Hebrew word is mishpah. And this could be retributive justice. Retributive justice, in other words, when someone does wrong. If I come over to Angel's house and steal his pickup. Work with me. You love that pickup. You're driving it. Okay, I'm, I'm just, he's too giving. Okay, I come to somebody else's house. I'll steal your vehicle. You get shot. Okay. If I if I avoid the if I avoid the bullets. But I do get caught. I have to pay for that crime that I committed against you. And I, and I know that there is there are things in the world today, and you think, are they ever gonna pay? Are they ever vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Let him handle that. Amen. In fact, for those of you that are in the altar, I love how God he, he gives the altar call before he gives the message. Just go ahead and let me handle that. Let me take care of that. See, part of the surrender, when we come to the heart of surrender, we say, Lord, I'm going to let you take care of the injustice. I'm just going to walk in the, in the justice and the righteousness, and I'm going to view them through the lens as, no, they're not walking where they need to walk, but it matters not who they are, where they're at, what their social standings are, whether they are a, a, a contributor or a taker. It makes no difference, but, Lord, I'm going to view them through your lens, and that lens is they are meant and called and purposed to bear your image. But see, mishpah, mishpah can be retributive justice, but most often, and especially in this passage here, it's restorative justice. Restorative justice. There are crimes committed, judgments that will be Placed punishments for crimes committed, but I think the source of the one who's planting the seeds in people's minds are the ones that betrayed us from the very beginning as to tell us that we were in lack. Oh, you're lacking something there, Eve. You're lack God's withholding something from you. You, you, you're trying to, he, he's trying to keep back his goodness from you. He's trying to keep back his mercy from you. You got to reach and you got to partake of this fruit. And when you do that, then you're going to have what you need because you will no longer be lacking. And she bit and handed it to her husband and he did the same. 
But when Christ Jesus comes as the last Adam, he said, oh no, you are called to be my image bearers in this world and I will justly and rightly set you or set your feet upon that rock that will not slip. So we see here, what happens is there is a restorative justice. Now this restorative justice, it's a seeking out the vulnerable and becoming their voice. It's going after the ones who have been taken advantage of and it's restoring them. It's an advocacy that many times we don't fully comprehend. I'm talking to you about biblical justice. I'm talking to you about, about the fact that the enemy was judged 2,000 years ago upon the cross because the Spirit of the Lord, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because they don't see me anymore. And if you let an individual who doesn't see God, they'll start making up their own righteousness and start changing the rules to suit them. And they'll start causing a theology to come from their ideology. And when you start changing truth, truth stops changing you. Let me say it again. When you start changing truth, truth stops changing you. God did not come to reconcile for him to be reconciled to us. But we are to reconcile to him. And see, when we get the heart of the justice and the righteousness of God... We will stop looking at people as threats and we will start looking at them as the mission. When we start understanding that we are the righteousness in Christ and that through no merit of our own, no merit, nothing we have done has caused us to deserve this goodness that God has given us, then we'll start to see others in the view of image bearers of God. See, this justice is restorative. See, it's not just, it's not just punishing the wrongdoer. It also means giving people their rights. Justice. Giving people their rights in the kingdom of God. See, I... I, I, again, I'm telling you because I, I just feel it in the room because we have been, in, we have been somewhat indoctrinated by our culture. It, it's been a floodgate. It, it, it's raised up oppressors and, and victims. It's, it's, it's flooded in. It's pitted one group against the other. It has caused division in the world, and it's trying to cause division in the church. But I'm saying to you, there is a, there's a, the Spirit of the Lord is rising up in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. And he's saying to you, I am a God of justice, and I am a God of righteousness. You have been made not to bear the image of the world. You have been made to bear my image. And in my 
my image. There's a reason why. There's, there's a righteous indignation that rises up in you when you see people living in bondage, living in hopelessness and despair. And there's a yearning, deep sound inside of you that says, oh no, they are not meant to live that way. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? It is the justice of God that's rising up against sin, Satan, and self. See, the, we got to rightfully define what justice is. Biblical justice is restoring the rights to humanity through sonship, through relationship, through walking with God. See, it's got to gotta be a mindset. A mindset. A restorative mindset that's going to sweep over the body of Christ in such a way there's a clarity coming. Oh, there's a clarity coming. It is the Lord that in the church of Laodicea, he, he said, if you, will, if you will open that door that I'm knocking on, what is the door that, that, that he's knocking with or how is he knocking? He's knocking by, my, by his voice. If we will open that door and let him in, he, he shows us that there will be riches that cannot be obtained in this world. But he also said that he would cause an anointed salve to touch our eyes to the scales to fall off, that we may see clearly again that if we press in, to the things of God. There's a story that has been perplexing me, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little leery to step off into that right now, but I feel maybe the Spirit of the Lord is uh, going to bring clarity even as I talk. <laughs> I hope, uh, and if I don't leave you more confused, I'm sorry if you've got revelation. I want it. Amen. But do you agree with me, Jesus, while on earth, could do anything because he was ever bit man, but he has ever bit God. He walked on water. He raised the dead. His, his sozo, his complete salvation, deliverance, healing, there, there was no question as to whether or not it was shortcoming, diluted. But what perplexed me, perplexed me is when he laid hands upon the, the man who was blind first she spit in the dirt wiped it on there you think man if Jesus spit on me I'm good I'm good but if Jesus spit in the dirt and he laid his hands on it then what did he ask him can you see he said I see men as trees As my two-year-old granddaughter would say, shoot gosh dang. You're the healer. But he's not completely healed. He's, God's able to do that. God's ability is there. But how is it that he hasn't healed? And I was looking at that, and I've been meditating upon that, the Lord's kind of shifting my thoughts in that, and that is this. Don't look at it on the basis of God's willingness and his ability because that is already established. But there's another lesson that is there in that passage. The Lord prays again, and then the man looks up 
and then he sees clearly. See, a lot of times we come in and we just want God's touch. And the Lord's like, no, I, I've got a deeper work. It's not just a physical, it's a spiritual. It's not just, a, it's not just a, an experience, it's a foundation. It's a, it's a belief and knowing as we begin to look up. I'm not trying to take anything from the scripture. I'm just telling you what it says. It says when he looked up, then he began to see clearly. I believe, folks, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ begins to stop looking down at all of the answers, all of the political parties. And, folks, I honestly believe we need godly men and women in office. Don't take me wrong. We need people that are spirit-filled and called of God. But as long as we look around and we think, man, if I just keep, if I'm looking for the answer here, I'm always going to be looking and people are always going to be fuzzing and out of focus. But my God, when I look up, now all of a sudden I get some clarity as to where I'm at. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Lord, I can see people for who they are called to be image bearers. And see, the injustice is what's been brought about by hell and Satan and the watchers and all the demonic host that have come out and birthed in the hearts and the minds of individuals and begin to cause destruction in people's lives. The Lord is saying, no, I'm bringing back the rights. I have brought back the rights. Notice Isaiah introduction in this messianic passage notice his introduction he didn't call him the son of man the son of God he didn't call him the Christ or the Messiah though we know full well that's who he's speaking of he calls him my servant my servant Jesus Christ himself declared I didn't I am a just God and he believes in justice and he is infuriated with injustice because it is no glory to God when humanity self-destructs. There's a lot of self-destruction that's going on. Worthy. The Lord is saying, no, you are precious in my sight. Stop trying to be something you're not and let me be everything you need to be in you. There's a justice. You look in the word of the Lord, you'll discover that the Lord God is an advocate for the poor, for the orphan, for the, for the, the immigrants, the foreigners. There's an ESL class that takes place over here on Monday nights. There's going to be, a, there's going to be on Wednesday night a, a GED education that takes place at 5 o'clock. What are we doing? We are, we are invoking justice in the world. There's a Mexican consulate that takes place here as we are satellite campus for the Mexican consulate. There's a, there's a food distribution. What are we doing? We are, it's more than charity, folks. It is a, it is a justice. Amen. See, too often we relegated justice to only charity, and that's not what God is saying. It is no, it is restoring the rights to those who are my children and my image bearers. 
It's not a crime for you to have the right to walk in joy and peace and happiness. Because righteousness, peace, and joy are the kingdom of God. Don't misunderstand me. I don't know why I have to feel I've got to preface everything by that. Because what happens? Start writing people off as libertarians. No, let me tell you, there's a hell that burns hot. Wasn't meant for humanity. It was meant for the fallen angelic host. It wasn't meant for you and I, but let me tell you, There'll only be two lines in eternity. Those who accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and received him as Lord and Savior will be the only ones that can enter in. Those who are in relationship with the living God, those who have accepted his sacrifice is enough, who have not only accepted his forgiveness, but also gave forgiveness to those who were wronged. Because you're saying, God, if your blood is rich enough and powerful enough to cleanse me of my unforgiveness, then most certainly your love and your forgiveness is powerful enough to flow through me to others. Because Lord, I'm not looking in a haze anymore. I'm looking up to see people as you see them with clarity. Restorative justice. Restorative justice. See, Jesus' mindset was that of a servant. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made him himself of no reputation, but taking the form of a bondservant coming in the likeness of men. See, it's that servanthood the most selfless man who ever walked the face of the earth is Jesus Christ. Absolutely selfless. The very definition of selfless. Everything that he did and everything that he does is for your welfare and benefit. I don't always understand it. In fact, i long since concluded that I may not understand it all. But I don't have to understand it all. All I have to do is trust. Trust in the one. And he will lead and guide me. He will show me what the next step is. If he'd have told me whenever I was saved uh, immediately that I would, I would go to different parts of the world and stand and pastor churches, I, I would have probably turned around and said, oh no, that's for somebody else. Uh, uh, that's information that I probably would not have helped me. It probably would have hurt me. <laughs> But he didn't give me the the full grandeur of the scheme that he had in mind. He just gives me little tidbits because he knows how much I can handle. He knows how much that I can can take in and digest at any given time. So I've stopped looking for the grandeur of the big picture. But I'm looking, Lord, just what's the next step? What's the next step? Lord, speak to me today. Give me the bread today. Let me nourish myself upon you. And let me be more Christ-like in all that I do. But see... The Lord's mindset is that of a servant taking the lower seat as Jesus did, benefiting the needs of others to restore their rights in the kingdom of God. But notice there, 
I love it because the word, the song just affirmed, and I'm not going to get very deep into this, but I want you to notice something here. Verse 4, he will not fail nor be discouraged. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. Speaking of Jesus in this passage, he did not fail to restore your rights as children of God. Every time that you feel discouragement come on you, go to this passage right here and realize the Lord's not discouraged. See, he made it all the way through to the other side of death. And he rose. He rose and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And when he rose, we rose with him. That's the body of Christ. To restore justice, mishpah, restorative rights. See, you'll notice there in the passage that a bruised reed he will not break, nor a smoking flax will he quench. Two very insignificant things in the life of an Israelite. The bruised reed was represented the little shepherd's flutes that they would make from the reeds on the ponds of the riverside. They would take two reeds and they would put them together and poke little holes and because they were hollow, they could blow those and, and, and shepherd boys and they would go out into the fields and as they were calming the sheep, they could, they could play a little, a little tune that maybe they have made up or something they have learned. Then on holy days, they would take those little flutes and, and, and they would parade in the street on holy days and they would play those little flutes and, 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 and it would bring such joy to those that were celebrating. But those little reeds were so easily made, they were also so easily broken. And so if you break one, you discard, you go get another. But the Lord views us as those reeds. And say, it doesn't matter how frail an individual is or how bruised or broken they are. They are still non, they are not dispensable in my eyes. I love them just, I want to restore them. And it's amazing as you look at the word of God, that word bruise is also the same word fail. Just use it in a different translation. In other words, God is saying, I'm not bruised. I will not fail. I am not broken, but I will restore your worship to you. The smoking flax made from a plant. 
It was a wick put in the side of a, a, a jar that would, would illuminate when it was lit. But get down to the very end of that and you say, well, it's smoking. It doesn't have any flame, any ability to carry the flame anymore. Let's go ahead and quench it and put something else in. Let me tell you, folks, you are not dispensable. And even when your hope gets all the way down to the end and it just your hope is doing nothing but simmering a little bit and it's smoking a little bit and you feel like your like is about to go out rest assured but that word there that he says he will not quench is the same word he uses not being discouraged in other words what the Lord is saying to you is I'll be your strength if you're broken I'll mend you and if your hope is almost gone don't worry I'll be your hope I'll put it back in you because you are not dispensable. You are not disposable. You are not just a commodity in the kingdom of God uh, that when you outuse your, 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 your youthfulness, usefulness uh, that we throw you away. But the Lord restores your rights as children of God. Not so that we can sit back in our self-right lazy boy chair, but so that we can understand our mission is that of servants in the house of the Lord. And we see others as image bearers before God. We want their rights restored. God takes no joy in your lack of joy. God takes no comfort in your lack of peace. I mean, we look at we look at parents and grandparents and their care for children. And we say, "Man, I'd do anything to protect that that baby. I'd do anything to protect that child." And then we look at God and we say, he's an evil father. Where do you think the goodness comes from, folks? It didn't originate in us. It originates in him. Father, we come before you, Lord, today. Merciful God, you have to speak beyond the words that I have spoken to reach into the hearts of those to redefine, Father, what justice is. To restore, Lord God. Justice that, Lord God, takes the prisoner out of the prison. Takes those that are in darkness and begins to illuminate your life that brings light to them. Oh, Father, I present this message as an offering to you. Let that sink in because you do not judge my love with the world standards. I see your struggle at night when you're laying and tossing and turning on your pillow, thinking about tomorrow, wondering about how you're going to make it work. I've already been there. When you open your eyes, I'm still there. And I'm waiting for you to say, what's your plan? What's your plan for today, Lord, just one day at a time? As I give you your daily bread, I give you your daily plan for your life. 
And I'm asking you now to take my hand and let me guide you through your day. And as your day goes through and you see things happen, I've already made a way. Trust in me. I love you, my children. I love you individually. I didn't put you in a cookie cutter. I made you individually to do my work. Standard group. Worship team, make your way up right now. I want you to stand all across this room. Some of you have been going through some really deep struggle of late. I don't know who you are, I just know you're in here. The voices that you've been hearing is this, you deserve what you get. God's not for you. The world would be better off without you. Church doesn't need you. Family doesn't need you. Your has-been. You're broken. You cannot be mended. That's the voice of injustice. That's not the Father's voice. That's the voice of discouragement. That's not the Father's voice of encouragement. I say to you, even though your worship is broken, God will not discard you. Even though your hope seems to be lost, God's not going to put the fire out. He's going to rekindle that fire. I'm saying to you, you have a right to the meal that I just, that the Lord is serving you right now. To taste and see God is good. If you've needed this today, come on. Come on, step out. Step out. He knows what you're going through. He's not afraid of those emotions. He knows what you're experiencing right now. Come on. Come on. There's going to be an exchange that takes place in this altar today. You're going to give up right now these thoughts and these voices, and God's going to release to you an understanding of your rights in the kingdom of God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right now, these altars are open. The worship team's going to begin to play. We're going to pray. We're going to dismiss you in joy and hope. But right now, God is reaching down. He's reaching down. He's reaching down to say, let me have it. Let me have it. Let me plan your day. Let me plan your hours. Let me walk with you. Let me talk with you. Let me be the one who guides you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. Hallelujah. 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 You need to be restored today. You need to be restored today. God is in the restorating business right now. He said, I want to restore you. I want to restore you. Come on. Come on right now. You feel that overwhelming sense. I need to be restored. I need to be restored. Come on. Step out. Step out. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we magnify. Andrew, come and help me. Hallelujah.